The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Metallica. Now we're doing this with Metallica? Metallica. No, come, what? I, we didn't even discuss that you were Me- going to do this. Me- Metallica. What? Metallica. So, Dave, heard any good bands lately? to say are you gonna see any good shows coming up oh i didn't know okay fine so dave are you gonna see any good shows soon metallica yes wow i didn't even know you were gonna do that that's right this is uh it is the one week preversary before uh my first show of the metallica summer next week in new jersey at the uh metlife stadium i was gonna say the meadowlands it's not called that anymore but at the meadowlands at metlife then driving over to Ohio for the Rock on the Range Festival. Hope to see all you fellow Rangers out there with uh, me and Jose Mangan. We're going to be doing remote for uh, Sirius XM Liquid Metal. That'd be pretty cool. That would be if awesome. If that were remotely true. That, yeah, okay. Well, he'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there too, but just not together. Doing That'd be show. great. That'd be that great. would be. No, I, I'm not, no one here is disputing that you would do a rockin' show. Yeah, so... Uh, if you're listening, Sirius XM. Yeah, so I will be gone for two shows because I'll have better things to do. Because when, when when more important things come up, you know, I sort of throw Ryan by the wayside. Yeah, Ryan and this hand, whole though, show and all of your listeners. Ryan, on the other hand, he's he's he he really cares about me more because that's why and the show because, <clears throat> pardon me, <laughs> it it's his anniversary today, his one year wedding anniversary, and he does not care about it. He's here doing the show. He just wants to do the show. Is that bad? Uh, yeah. Have I committed like a marital crime? <laughs> the fact that I'm here. My wife said she was okay with it, that I'm recording an episode on our anniversary. Now, yeah. granted, it might have sounded like, you know, okay, do whatever you want. Yeah, so anyway. She said okay. Other noticeable notable things to happen on May 7th uh, today. Ryan, did you know that in 1902 there was the deadliest volcanic eruption of the 20th century? That uh, in Martinique killed about 30,000 people. Really? Yeah, so there you go. Sounds, it's a yeah, it's a, n- nice thing to share the. Okay, the Lusitania was sunk, Ryan, <laughs> in 1915, killing uh, 1,198 people, including 128 Americans, and hastened our entrance into World War One. Boy, that sounds bad. Good job, that, Ryan. That, that was a particularly Ryan, nasty the World Nazis War. Ryan, the Nazis and the Italians formed their uh, Rome-Berlin axis on this day. So another good job for you, man. And in 1954, Ryan, the French troops surrendered at Dien Bien Phu. You know, I can't help but feel like you're only cherry-picking the bad things that have happened on that day. There has to be, like, I, I see your fingers scrolling. I feel like there are some good things, like, you know, some little girl got rescued from a well, or a drought ended, or a peace accord was signed, and you're just skipping right over all those. And just in, to make me feel like I picked a bad day for my wedding anniversary. And in the year 2000, Vladimir Putin was sworn in as president. <laughs> So good job. This is a joyous occasion. I am. I'm sure that's what he said. Getting ready for his lifetime election. Why are Why are you ruining this? Why are you ruining a happy day for my wife and well, I? Why am I even here? That is also a very good question. 
because I make terrible choices in my marriage. That's why you're here. Thank you all very much for listening to the show. Um, you can reach out to us by following me on Twitter at Ryan K A I R. You can follow my wife um, if you want. She's probably not on speaking terms with me at the moment because I'm recording this podcast on our anniversary, but um, we can throw her a follow. She's the least active person on Twitter. That's at Chu Ying. That's Q I U Y I N G Z. I think it would totally freak her out if she got like a bunch of followers from this. So <laughs> where can they follow you, Dave? At MetalDave85. There you go. Uh, you can email us if you have any show questions or any topics that you want us to discuss on this music business podcast that occasionally talks pop culture or slowly what it's really becoming, which is a pop culture podcast that occasionally talks music business. Nah. But you can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. We actually have a great listener question this week that we're going to discuss. Um, <laughs> well, for the second time. For the second time. By the way, how happy are you that the sound is actually working today, that we fixed the sound problem? It no, actually we'll, sounds a little better. Well, we'll see. At the end of all this, we'll see. You'll, we'll see. I, I, I admire your optimism. June 2nd, my book, my audiobook, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, comes out. Get yourself a copy of that, because if you're the kind of person that says, I don't have enough of Ryan talking in my life... You can get uh, what I think is eight or nine hours of me talking on an audiobook. So there you go. Our guest this week, I am so excited to talk to Emmy. She is an LA-based pop recording artist. Uh, she's all over YouTube. She's got over seven million YouTube views. Uh, great artist, a lot of great, cool, fun pop songs. But she's also super into martial arts and geek culture. Um, Dave, we've already pre-recorded this interview, as you've as you've often brought up in the past, yeah. and, or making clear to us, we pre-record these sometimes. But during this interview, Dave, she goes off on Star Wars. She loves herself some Star Wars, and she's already promised that she will come back and talk to us next time there's a big Star Wars thing, so that you two can just talk about Star Wars. Oh, and I'll cool! Go, I'll go grab a beer or something. All right, Kindred Spirits, cool. There you go. No, she's hey, the best. When was your book come uh, audio book coming out again? June second. Okay, boy, this guy knows how to pick dates. And uh, that's when the Vandals sacked Rome. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, sort of like a nice cradle of civilization thing. You know, just a lot of uh, architecture and history and stuff like that. Oh, look, this is a fun one. Robert E. Lee takes command of the Confederate armies of Northern Virginia in 1862. <laughs> Babe Ruth retired. Oh, Jackass. Well, I'm, I'm sure he retired to, like, a happy life and, you know, got to hang out on the beach. And oh god, I dude, ten thousand Chinese soldiers. All right, they're just trying to they're minding their own business, and they're blocked by a hundred thousand citizens protecting students demonstrating for democracy in Tiananmen Square. Where do you get off? They're just doing their jobs, Ryan. Is there a better day I could have picked? No, because wait, why am I even asking that? Because whatever date I would have picked, you just would have looked that date up on you know really sad things that happened on this day dot org. And tell me all the crappy stuff that's happened that day. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, we're super excited to talk to Emmy in the next segment. But first, we have ourselves a listener question that we are now going to answer for the second time. We tried to answer it last week. But for those of you who listened to our podcast episode last week, you know that our entire sound system, it all fell apart. We lost our whole episode worth of recording. We're still really bummed about it. Mm -hmm. But we're going to ask this question again, and Dave is going to try to pretend to be surprised that this question is being answered a second time. Um, this is a great question. It came from a fantastic listener that we love, at Stein O. Might. Uh, he asks, 
a great question, which is, if I am giving a cover of a song away for free, do I still need to purchase the copyright? So basically, if I cover a song and I you know, make it onto CDs or I'm going to give it away as a download, but I'm going to do it for free and I'm not going to sell it, do I still need to basically get the license for it? And the answer to this question is yes. That's the short answer question. The long answer question gets into something that we often see all the time when it comes to copyright law, which is one of the most pervasive copyright myths. If, if I had to make our power rankings of copyright myths, number one is definitely going to be if I mail my song to myself, it's just as good as registering a copyright. But mm -hmm. a close second in our power rankings of copyright myths is this idea that as long as I'm not making any money off of using somebody else's copyright, I don't need to get the rights for it. And 99% of the time, that's just not true. Uh, making money off somebody else's work is not the determining factor in whether or not you violated copyright law. Even if, and this also applies to when you are making covers of a song, even if you're giving a song away, if you're giving a cover away, if it's, you know, I made a CD of a cover and I'm going to give it away to fans, I recorded my own version, I'm not going to sell it, I'm just giving it to people, you still have to get what's known as a mechanical license. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. In the United States, it's very easy to do. In the U.S., we have something called a compulsory mechanical license. Compulsory meaning that the person who owns the, the rights to the song has to give it to you. Um, based, the rule says that you can generally make and distribute covers of songs without getting a, the copyright holder of the song's permission as long as you follow rules. So there are four rules that you have to follow if you want to take advantage of this compulsory mechanical license rule to give material away. The first is that the original copyright holder has to have already recorded and distributed the song once. So... You can't use this compulsory rule. You can't force the copyright owner to let you make a cover of their song unless they've already recorded and distributed. They get the first crack at doing that. But once they've done it, now we're in compulsory mechanical license land. Rule number two, if you're going to use this compulsory mechanical license, you have to pay the statutory rate. So if you want to basically force that copyright holder to let you make a cover of their song and to make it on CDs or available for iTunes download, or to put it on Pandora, Spotify, you have to pay the rate that's set by the law. Um, and, the, and that's going to change depending on what format you use. If you're talking about a physical copy, if you were making CDs of your cover, um, you have to pay, it's 9.1 cents for every copy that you make. If you are making the song available for digital download, like iTunes, a permanent digital download, that 9.1 cent rate applies, but it's not for every copy you make. It's for every copy that somebody downloads. Now, what we're making clear here is the sale has nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter whether you sell it or give it away for free. What matters is whether you actually make the CD, whether it's physical, or whether it's actually downloaded, if it's a permanent download, then that's when that 9.1 cent uh, per rate kicks in. Next, if it's streaming, if you're making it available on something like Pandora, Spotify, it gets a little more tricky, a little more complicated. But for sites like Pandora and Spotify, um, I, they have their own sort of rate that they pay and, and you don't have to take care of it. If you're making it available on something like SoundCloud, then you do have to take care of the rate. It gets complicated. You should use a streaming service. We'll talk about what those are to help you through it. Rule number three. You can only stay in compulsory mechanical license land where you don't have to get the permission of the original copyright holder 
if you don't make substantial changes to the original song. Well, what makes it a substantial change? Generally, if you are taking the song and you are covering it in your own style, if it's a pop song and you're doing a jazz version of it, that's generally okay. You're still going to be in compulsory license land. But the moment you start changing a bunch of lyrics, the moment that you translate the lyrics into another language, the moment that you really make that song substantially different from the original song, now you're out of compulsory mechanical license land and you'd actually have to go and get the license from the copyright holder. But if you keep it in if you keep it within the, those confines of not making substantial changes, you're still okay and you can just pay that regular 9.1 cent rate. Rule number 4. Everything that I've just said about compulsory mechanical licenses does not apply to video covers. So if you're making the YouTube videos, if you're doing the you know, Vimeo or any, or Facebook videos or any of that stuff, you don't get to do compulsory mechanical license. That's only for audio covers like CDs, downloads, and streaming. If you're doing YouTube, that's a separate license. You have to get what's known, you have to get a, uh, what's known as a synchronization license, which is not compulsory. You actually have to go and get the permission from the copyright holder in that situation. However, there are services that exist that make this process very easy for you. There is a website known as We Are The Hits, which has already has pre-cleared the permission for a bunch of songs, bunch of songs that are out there, almost any popular song that's out there. You can go to We Are The Hits and get a license from them to, to create a YouTube cover of whatever song that you want to cover. That's wearethehits.com. Um, but if you want to do the compulsory mechanical license thing as our, as our friend at Steinamite wants to do, there are services that you can use that make this process much, much easier. Uh, the Harry Fox Agency has a program called Songfile that helps you handle all the mechanical licenses depending on whatever format you want to do it in. There's also another platform that I recommend that a lot of my clients have used to great success called Louder. That's L-O-U-D-R. Don't ask me why these internet companies don't like to use vowels in their names. But Louder is a fantastic service, and they can really help you handle these compulsory mechanical license issues and not have to pay a lot of fees for them. So there you go, listener. To answer your question, even if you are giving the cover away for free, you still need to get a license. But thankfully, thanks to platforms like HFA Songfile and Louder, it could not be easier to do. And in most cases, you don't need the original copyright holder's permission. Hmm. Do you want to change the date of your uh, audiobook release? Um, yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, now that you told me all that terrible stuff right. happens on that day, I want to change it to a different day. You still want some release, though? Do you want to do July 18th? Oh, no, that sounds solid. Yeah, July 18th. Wow, dude. What? Do you really... I mean, the great fire of Rome begins under Nero. <laughs> oh, and here's the, here's, the, here's the cream of the crop here. Uh, mein Kampf is published. <laughs> you, you stink at this. Really? Man. Yeah. You set me up for Mein Kampf? No, that was what you. Was the, what was the day that, um, I don't know, world, like, like what, what was the day of the, the VE day for World War II? When did that happen? That's when I want to put my book out. Today. Really? Yeah. Wait, 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 what? VE day was today? And you didn't care to bring that up when you were talking about all the stuff that's happened on my wife and I's anniversary? I feel like you could have led with that instead of the damn Lusitania sinking. Well, it's funnier. Plus, Lusitania's earlier in time. You jerk. You jerk. I knew good stuff happened on my anniversary. 
But no, we. But 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 no, my my audiobook's not ready to come out today, so we can't do it. We're gonna have to do it on uh, what happened on on June the 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 Dian Bing Fu Day. No, no, that was today. That was today. Yeah, other oh. bad stuff. What 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 bad stuff happened on June second? Because we're sticking to June second for the audiobook. God damn it! I, I, I already went to get one from, right. away from the page. Well, while you're while you're drifting back to find more terrible stuff that happened on my book re- audiobook release day, which again is June second, I'm holding firm to that. One last piece of news from the entertainment law world. Oh, for God's sake! The stupid oh, sound's not working. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, in the meantime, remember the, the the Rome fell, Robert E. Lee, the Confederacy, Babe Ruth, no more baseball. Uh, Tiananmen Square, which is bad from the Chinese government point of view. <laughs> Although they're still going strong. Entertainment law news. Why did you touch me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. law. All right, quick piece of news here. Late last month, the Ninth Circuit rejected an appeal from the National Conference of Personal Managers to declare unconstitutional the Talent Agencies Act. So the Talent Agencies Act. Still alive, the failed lawsuit claimed that California law, that the California law, which prevents people from doing the work of a talent agent without a license, violated the First Amendment and the Commerce Clause. The Ninth Circuit rightfully kicked that appeal aside, which means that we're still living in the same world that we lived in before, which is that the you are not allowed to book gigs for somebody in the state of California, which governs most music industry activity, and this applies in other states as well. You can't book gigs for somebody in the entertainment business unless you have a license. And booking gigs has a very wide expanse. So obviously, if you are, you know, if you're getting somebody a job playing at a club and you're not a talent agent and you're not licensed, that's against the law. But even if you are getting somebody a, a you know, TV commercial or a part in a play or anything that involves employment in the entertainment industry... If you're not a licensed talent agent, it's against the law under the Talent Agencies Act. And, of course, personal managers don't like this. The kind of people that manage artists, they want to be able to have the freedom to book employment for their artists at will, but you can't do it without a license. So what's the lesson for you as artists? We talk about this on the show before. If a manager approaches you as an indie artist and says that you should hire them because they're going to get you gigs, run away. Hmm. Um run as fast as you can because if they're not a licensed talent agent if they don't have the all the talent agency stuff that comes with them the you know the the proper contracts and the you know disclosures they have to make and the requirements of certain percentages that they're not allowed to take more than that of you need to run away from that person because what they're telling you when they say they can book you gigs and they're not a licensed talent agent is they don't understand the basic laws affecting their profession and you need to stay away from these people like the plague. Talent agents are talent agents. Those are specific people that book gigs for you. Personal managers are in charge of managing your career, but they do not book gigs for you without a license. Emmy is coming up next. Stick right here on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support.
Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. She is an L.A.-based pop recording artist and actress who was designated a spotlight artist by Billboard magazine and whose music videos have been viewed over 7 million times on YouTube. You can check out her upcoming music releases at her website, Emmy, that's E-M-I-I dot net. Ladies and gentlemen, Emmy is on the Break the Business podcast. Hey, Emmy, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be here. Wow. Well, that's all right. Let's, uh, that's the kind of mood we like to hear. This is fantastic. And you should be excited, Emmy. And here's why. Because you have done so many cool things in your music career over the last several years. You've been featured in all kinds of publications. You put out a ton of really sleek and seriously entertaining music videos. You've recorded a lot of great pop music. You've worked with some big names in the industry can you walk the listeners through some of some of your career highlights? I know there's so many, um, but some of those highlights that have brought you to where you are today, where did everything start for you? That's a good place to start on this. I think it all started uh, when I came out of the womb, literally. Uh, <laughs> everybody asks when I started singing, and that's always my response, because ever since I was, you know, it's as tall as where my knees are now, I've been writing songs and singing to them who, to anybody who would listen, but... I really started taking uh, a career in the music industry very seriously when I was about 13 years old, um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, which is not exactly the... The music industry uh, <laughs> hotbed of Youngstown, yeah, Ohio. It, it, it is, yeah, it's not really the, the, the capital of the music <laughs> industry, <laughs> to say the least. So as soon as I was... Almost 18, I took a Greyhound bus to New York City, and um, I I was in several bands. I fronted a few bands. I also um, did open mic nights. I worked with whatever producers I could. I wrote wherever I could. Uh, back then, when I was first starting out, the internet uh, was not what it is now. I mean, now we can very, very surely say that the internet has vastly leveled the playing field in terms of individual artists having the ability without a major label to cultivate a global audience and share the music Amen. worldwide. Uh, back then, I mean, we had CD baby. Um, and that's when <laughs> CD mean, baby was... actually just did CDs. <laughs> yeah. Like it was not, you know, it, it was far more difficult to find a way to distribute, distribute your music. And, you know, we have, we have, Spotify now and like you can submit your own things to iTunes and I mean there's just so many different avenues that were not available and the avenues for artists to get themselves out there independently even on their own without the help of any label is just so expansive now which is really really encouraging I, I I've known a few artists who were just starting out who thought that it was very daunting but having been having started at that time when it wasn't like easy to get yourself out there. Um, I mean, you tour. That's that's what we do in the band. We tour. Uh, it's very very different. It's a very different scene. I can't imagine. It's very bizarre. The the law of accelerating returns on technology is making massive changes in the music industry, and it's very apparent. <laughs> yeah. So how are you able to go from you know Emmy the uh, you know, fronting any band she can find in New York City, trying to meet with producers. How were you able to sort of move up from that to kind of the cool stuff you're doing these days? Well, back then, I was, I think the last band I was in, it was called Daydream on Autopilot. Awesome. <laughs> and we were, 
uh, doing a tour of the FYE record stores. I mean, that should My stay God. where we were at. I think Woo! I know on the East Coast, a bunch of them have closed down. Um, and we were also visiting schools um, across the nation uh, to promote uh, organizations like Character Counts and Students Against Destructive Decisions. Um, and like I, you know, I, I absolutely loved it, and it was a lot of work. And I drove the van a lot. <laughs> it's a very different scene. But, you know, we'd, we'd been doing that for an extended period of time. And, you know, I loved everybody in, in the band. I love them. I love them to this day. But um, I was the one who was basically footing a lot of the bill, mm. or most of the bill. Um, so when you have to work a job or two and then, you know, have the pressure of touring, and uh, doing everything yourself. I mean, this goes, this is in any business, especially when you're not able to outsource tasks or you're not sure how to outsource tasks or you don't have the funding to outsource tasks. That would actually help you propel your career. Um, it was getting to the point where I was like, crap, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can sustain it, but obviously I will keep going until I die because that's what you do when you're an artist. That's, I mean, music is just who we are. Um, so I, I was getting to that point and I was actually getting a little scared because, you know, you always want to have a roof over your head and, you know, I'm okay with eating ramen and bagels and living on that. But, you know, you always hope that you're going to get to the point someday where you can support your family and eat well. Um, well, sometimes you want to put cream was, cheese on those bagels, fortunate. I understand. If you can afford, yeah, you, you want some cream cheese and maybe some locks <laughs> if you're really lucky. Well, hey, let's not, let's not go nuts now. Oh, my God. I know. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, uh, but at the, at the time, um, you know, I guess uh, all of the, the touring had worked at least, um, my voice was out there in, in such a way that someone heard it. And, uh, my band and I, uh, were in Los Angeles for an award show and I was approached by a label, which was funny because there's actually another label that I won't mention that was interested and I was glad. I was very, very pleased with the decision I made ultimately. <laughs> but um, I was I was really fortunate when I signed with uh, the independent label that I'm currently with, Slippery Eel Productions. Because, um, you know, was, there's undoubtedly a never-ending sea of greed out there, uh, which we, we're all, we all know. It's, it's out there in the world. It's not just the entertainment industry. It's, it's everywhere. So you have to be careful uh, with the people you align yourself with in business. Because in business, you remember that it's business to them, but it's life to you. Uh, so that can be interpreted in many different ways. <laughs> um, but, you know, from there, once, you know, I, I met the label and, you know, things really clicked and, and took off from there. And, you know, there were some hard feelings with some members of the band, um, not all of them. And it, it bothered me at first because I was like, crap, I don't want to be the singer from the band who breaks off for a solo career and like it's such a jerk move and then I thought oh my god like I've been working for this and putting like I've been uh making so many sacrifices like in terms of uh, having a normal life and uh normal family life and relationships like I've put so much of myself into this and not everybody invests that much into it you know you can't you can't have a a quick rise to the top. It's not like Insta rock star. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all a process. So, you know, you, you kind of gotta, 
got to floss the teeth you want to keep. <laughs> well, and, and so much of moving forward is those two things. One, making sure that you affiliate yourself with the right people who are not just talented, but mm-hmm. can ha- can share the motivation you have. And the other piece of it yeah. is you can't be afraid to make tough business decisions because ultimately when you're yeah. trying to achieve success on your own terms, there's going to be business elements to it. And I'd like to switch to a, a more pleasant talk, topic because I think this is making you a little <laughs> somber. But um, no, I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about how these these kick ass videos you make. You make these super yeah. engaging, well done videos. They get a ton of views on YouTube. They're beautifully shot. They have great stories. Can you talk a little bit about how these amazing videos come together? And do you have any tips for the indie artist listeners out there? to make solid music videos of their own, particularly if money is tight? Oh, my goodness, yes. So much yes. Okay, this is Let's do this. My Let's topic. do this. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to so, sit back. I'll just I'll turn the mic off. I'll leave for a half hour, get a bagel, and, and by the time I come back, could. you'll have educated everybody on videos. It'll be good. Yeah, just put locks on your bagel, and I'll be happy for nice. you. Nice. But, uh, but, yeah, okay, so this is one of the reasons that I was really lucky with the label is because they also shared the interest of creating music videos that actually had a story and that were fantastical in a way that supported the song. Maybe not, um, maybe not like directly, like maybe having a a different message, but still, you know, just having that storyline. And it's funny because, uh, when I did Mr. Romeo uh, with Snoop Dogg, um, you know, if you watch that music video, uh, the inspiration for it was actually the is made in the 1980s, the movie Legend, um, which I was a huge fan of. Tim Curry was in it. It was it's a very well again it's a fantastical movie, and and that that was the main inspiration for it. And you know, being able to get in a room with people and say, oh, you know, it would be really cool to have real panthers in this music video, but I don't know if it's possible. And then having somebody else pipe up, you know what? I bet it's possible. Make it happen. Um, that's, that's incredible. And that's really lucky. However, that being said, um, you don't need a massive budget to make a fantastic music video, especially now. For the indie artist listeners who don't have Panther money. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's, here's the thing. Um, you don't need a red, like everybody's like, Oh, I want the red camera. I want movie quality. I want this. I want that. There are so many music videos and so many apps and so many low budget accessories that you can get for your smartphone because the smartphone cameras, HD, the 1080, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. The technology that's out now and the resources that are available to you as an artist to self-produce and direct your own stuff. And I'm, I'm so into this. Like right now you, you hit me on like the best day ever because I just bought a, uh, a gimbal for my iPhone um, if you know, if you don't know what a gimbal yeah, is, lay it on the us. thing that steadies the shot when you're moving it. Um, and also, you know, they have, uh, they have little support systems for the iPhone where you can mount a small light on it. So your, your footage can look as good as any major label footage. Um, now you have to, there's a learning curve, but it's all on the internet. It's all there. I, I mean, I could, I, I could post a list of apps that I'm really excited about that um, 
I downloaded, let's see. I mean, there's, there's a, okay, there's a million of them. No, Maybe I should go, just send you a list. Go, go through your phone. What do you got? Like, let, you know, let's. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta get my iPad. Cause it's all on my iPad. Do it. The art. I think I, yeah, I want to yeah. know what tech Emmy is using to, yeah. to do these kick-ass videos. And I, and I, we're, we'll all just okay. wait here with well, bated breath. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Nice. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually getting here. Um, now I will, uh, I will start by saying that uh, the music videos that are up were all shot on a red camera. However, <laughs> sure, this is this is a huge thing of mine, and um, there will actually be a lot more self-produced videos out soon. But there are a plethora of examples of high-quality music videos that you would have never imagined were shot on an iPhone. That's um, very true. Well, actually, before yeah, you get I mean, into the recording shocked. apps, I think we need to know what is the most embarrassing app you have on that iPad right now. Oh, um, oh, that's not embarrassing. Let's see. <laughs> I was going to say healthy paws. It's cute. It's, it's insurance for my. It's health insurance for my dog. Uh, I don't think I'm embarrassed by any of these apps. Oh, uh, you don't. You don't have like a silly game on there. Oh no, I don't put games. On my iPad, or I won't get any work done. <laughs> oh, very, very good. All right. So, uh, what, yeah, what, what sort of recording apps you got on gamer, there? So. Oh, very. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's uh, there's an app called Luma Fusion, right? So you can basically uh, shoot from your iPhone and dump all of the footage into this program. It's it's not iMovie, and iMovie is great. However, Luma Fusion, um, I've edited in Adobe Premiere, in um, Final Cut, the old school Final Cut. I've used so many different video editing programs. And it's amazing when you're accustomed to editing on something like Final Cut or Premiere, and then you get on the iPad and you're skeptical and you're looking at this app like, there's no way this is going to be able to handle anything I throw at it. <laughs> um, just, and I hope Luma Fusion hears this because like, I'm totally promoting them and they didn't pay me to do it. So you're welcome, Luma Fusion, but that's what you get from making a cool app. This thing can do anything that any of those apps can do and better and more efficiently that's really iPad. great because i think many artists have i've heard especially in the last couple of years that exactly what you've said that phone like these yeah. iphones can shoot you know dollar for dollar almost as well as a as a full-fledged studio quality camera can but yes. a lot of artists still don't know a lot about what software they can use to help it get from phone to ultimately youtube and i think yeah. you know, these kind of apps can be really useful for them to find out about Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Luma Fusion. Um, the gimbal that I just bought, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember what it's called. That's, that's terrible. Um, but it, you know, from that app and there's so many that do this because they're connected to the smartphone, you just dump them onto the phone, you just airdrop them onto your iPad and then you edit everything. And it's so easy. Marvelous. Like well, it's, as it's a, ridiculous. As a reward for letting us peek into your iPad, I'm going to compliment you again. <laughs> so one of, another thing that you do really well in your music career is you have done a marvelous job of something we've talked about on this podcast a lot, which is taking inventory of what your skills and interests are as an artist, even if those skills and yeah. interests have nothing to do with music and finding unique ways to incorporate those things into your art. For example, yeah. in addition to being a recording <laughs> artist, you are also a martial artist. And it might not be yeah. obvious, well, what is... 
fighting skill have to do with music, but you always, you found a way to incorporate these things. You put martial arts in your videos and you're like kicking people's butts in videos all the time, <laughs> which is cool. So was incorporating that kind of your, that side of yourself into your music, was that a conscious choice or did that just sort of happen? I think it was a little bit of both actually. I mean, it, it you know, it can be a rub with some people because, you know, and there's this, uh, I mean, it's getting better now, especially with, you know, women in UFC. Um, and that really is a huge shift because, you know, it really was a difficult thing to communicate that you can still be very feminine and also be a martial artist. So I'm like, why is that so difficult to understand you guys? And then, you know, the, the big boom of the UFC and Ronda Rousey and Holly Holmes, I mean, it's, it's made it a much more acceptable landscape for uh, being able to incorporate you know, something that has always been a very important part of my life into, well, music, which is like the most important thing for me. Um, but it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, the way that it was perceived years ago is not the way it was perceived now. And that uh, it, it's very reflective of not just the music industry, but of the world in general and how quickly it's changing. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like you'll see things that are very heavily science fiction related in the music videos. You'll you'll just see little like hints of things. But if you if you know me well, then you're like, oh well, yeah, of course, that's me. Well, <laughs> we well, knew that was coming. And that's true. <laughs> uh, as if you weren't cool enough with the martial arts thing, you also have some cool pop culture affinities that you put into your music. Uh, you know, it's pretty obvious from being from you know checking out your art and your website and all the stuff you do. You're into video games, sci-fi, comics. You love that stuff, and yeah. you always incorporate it into your career as a musician. Is that something you always did, or did that kind of just happen more over um, time? It's it's kind of something I had to fight for, especially in the beginning. Oh, so like people, in the beginning, people, it was people sort of pressured you against it. Like, no, you have to be the common oh, pop star. You can't you know be into you know video games. Dude, dude, oh my dude, goodness, what's... the pushback I got from that was ridiculous. Oh, it, does, it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, none of these things are actually offensive to anyone, um, unless you're just a mean person and you don't like people having fun. <laughs> In that case, then you, you should screw off anyway. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's crazy because when I was a kid and, you know, in comic books and, and action movies and sci-fi, and I would get made fun of constantly for it, and then... You know, we moved out to California and learned about things like Comic-Con, and then suddenly being a geek, a geek is cool. Um, I didn't grow up when being a geek was cool. And being able to incorporate that into my art is important. Um, and I've had people come to me who say, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. My daughter is a huge sci-fi fan, but she hides it. And I'm like, no, don't hide it. And they're like, that's why. Thank you. Because you're providing a good example. I don't think you should feel the need to hide something like that um, just to appease someone else's perception of who you should be. Like, that's that's not authentic at all. People are not going to buy it. Um, and it's not fair to you or your audience. Like, your audience wants to know who you are. So if you want to reflect that, you have to be honest in, in, in all of your creative endeavors and it's just easier that way. <laughs> no, and it, it makes it, it allows you to distinguish yourself from the many different other artists out there. And that's something that's so important to do in this industry where there's so much music out there that anything that can make right. you look different can be so valuable. 
I'm now curious. All right, what's, all right I got to nerd out a little bit. What is your, what's your favorite <laughs> sci-fi franchise? Oh, my goodness. I, you're, you might love or hate my answer, but both Star Wars and Star Trek. I grew up on both of them, the original trilogy and Star Trek Next Generation. Yes, I started with Next Gen and not the original. But uh, Oh, my God, me too. Yeah. And so I, you go both ways too. Thank you. I, I don't. I no. Yeah. I, I I love Star Trek and Star Wars, <laughs> and I also got started on Next Generation. And there's nothing I awesome. hate about that answer. In fact, I mean, I lean more Star Wars. But my co-host on the podcast, uh, who isn't here mm-hmm. now, he is the biggest. Sorry. Yeah. I'm a big Trek fan. He's a big Star Wars fan. So much so that I feel awesome. like I feel like I'm doing. Him and this show a disservice, not having you in here with him to talk Star Wars. So promise me that we can have you on again when we get closer to Last Jedi coming out so that you all can talk Star Wars together. Yes, absolutely. I I met Marina Sirtis and Brent Spiner at Comic-Con, and before I walked into the room to meet them, I was wearing a Han Solo replica belt. The belt magically broke off the second I walked into the room. <laughs> of course it did. I mean, it was the most, yeah, it was the most bizarre experience. And I'm like, that just kind of sums up like Trekkies and Star Wars fans, like how much they fight. Like it was so weird. Um, but yeah, random story. I have a ton of those in relation to these sci-fi things, but um, yeah, stuff oh happens. We, we might have a whole, <laughs> I mean, this is a music business podcast, but we might have a whole show where we just bring you in. And just you, me, and Dave, we're just going to nerd out for an hour. And all the music fans Please. are going to be so mad at us. But that's okay. All right. Um, no, no. They, you know what? They should learn from it. Because especially in that sea of, of artists. And, you know, the, the thing is, is you want to stand out. But you want to stand out in your own way. Don't look at somebody else and take their thing because that's their thing. you got to find what works for you. And sometimes it's going to take some trial and error uh, until you find, like, what feels good and what feels right uh, to you. Um, and that's, that's really important. Like it's easy to want to replicate what you see working, but it might not fit you personally. So it's just something to keep in mind. Oh, right on. All right. And, but we have to placate the music people for now. So, and we're <laughs> yes, going to do always. it. We're going to do it in a way that was going to make everybody happy. I think, cause we're going to play one of your songs, we're going to play the song Wait, and that's coming up right now on the Break the Business podcast. Thinking about last night, can't remember the last time I cried that much. Holding this pillow tight, sitting here thinking what have I done. I hate to say you were my best mistake. It hurts to see you walk away I can't ask you to stay My pride won't let me do it But you captured me And I could never show it Cause I'm far too young To say that you're the one But are you now? Are you now? I wanna 
You can find more of her music at Emmy, that's E-M-I-I dot net. That was Wait by our favorite science fiction martial artist, awesome person, (laughs) Emmy, here on the Break the Business podcast. (laughs) Emmy, before we let you go, and we don't want to because this has been awesome, um, first things first, how can people find you online other than this website? Where are you in the social media universe? Uh, on Instagram, I'm Emmy Official, or BMII Official. Actually, pretty much everywhere I'm Emmy Official, except for Twitter, where I'm Emmy Music. Um, I'm always, you know, online chatting with people. If you send me a message, I will respond. It just might take you a little while, but I, I am there. <laughs> Very cool. And now, finally, do you have any last tips to share with the music, indie music listeners, I should say, out there to help them move their careers forward? Absolutely. Just learn everything you can, read everything you can, every business book you can get your hands on, even learning pro tools, learning how to create tracks. Learning, I mean, get excited because this, this digital age, you could be so resourceful now and you can do so much on your own and really make something that is truly unique to you without diluting it. Um, and I, I so encourage that. So that's, that's my advice and get out there and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Just, Get out there and do your thing, and, you know, it'll, it'll happen. Check out her on YouTube, and you can visit her website at emii.net. Emmy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry, available on Amazon.com. 
Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Emmy for joining us in the previous segment. You can check out her website and find out all you need to know about her by visiting emii.net. And she was dead serious, Dave. She absolutely wants to come back onto the show as we get closer to Last Jedi coming out, and you two are just going to have a Star mm-hmm. Wars conversation. Yeah. It's going to be glorious. So, uh, actually, Last Jedi trailer was on uh, this morning before uh, Guardians. Actually, I went to go see Guardians this morning before uh, this taping of the show. Oh, you saw it. Yeah, I saw so Guardians too. We can talk about it. Okay, cool. We're, we're but like, we are we gonna do like the no spoilers? No, no, no kind yeah, of yeah, conversation? yeah, yeah, no spoilers. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just Actually, came out yesterday. Before we no, get into Friday. that, yeah. let me just because I know you want to let your pop culture flag fly. I just want to do a quick discussion of this one thing, real quick. What? Very, very happy to report, uh, Alanis Morissette's former manager. Jonathan Schwartz, um, who stole over $7 million from musicians, including over a million dollars from Alanis Morissette, is going to jail for a very long time. He was sentenced to six years of the judge through a library of books at him. Uh, The U.S. attorney was Hmm. only asking for five years, and... Whenever a judge goes above what the prosecutor wants, you know it's a pissed-off judge. Uh, Six years in prison. Thankfully, the judge did not buy the Billboard magazine article he wrote where he tried to blame all this on a gambling addiction as if he's not somehow responsible for his actions. Mm. Good. He's going away for a long time. Six years, he has to pay over $8.6 million in restitution from the artist that lives he ruined. All right, pop culture. Just go? Yeah. Well, basically, I feel like it's the official kickoff to the summer movie season with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. Even though it's a little bit weird. We had Logan and King Kong earlier, so, you know, it, things get... Uh, there is sort of like a summer movie creep every yeah. year. You know, summer yeah. starts earlier and but, earlier uh, in Hollywood. I, I, I love Guardians 2. I also did. I, you did? Okay, yes. cool. Great movie. No, I thought they, you know, they did some good stuff on it. I, they did, I see, in, see, in my view, I think if you disagree... I think the trailer hurt them a little bit. I, I with the, the the scene everyone likes with uh, Mantis, you know, saying to Star Lord, "Oh, you feel love for her," and Drax like laughs at him. Yeah, they ported that directly from the movie, and I always hate when they do that. Then, and you've seen it so many times because then it just loses its punch. Like, do you ever ha- you ever have those moments where you see it and then you're you hear the whole crowd laughing and you just kind of want to look at them and be like. You knew this was coming. Exactly. You already yeah. had your chance to laugh at it. Don't laugh out of a sense of obligation. Yeah. You've heard this joke fifty thousand times already. But I thought it was just pretty. I, I mean, I liked it. it. You know, I guess was it as good as the first one. I didn't think so. No. Just because the first one was so original and new. So, I mean, they're, they're going to make a third one just because you know they're going to. Oh, for sure. I mean, f- for me, it always takes a lot for a second installment of anything to beat the first installment because the first movie always has the initial exposition, getting to know the characters for the first time, them kind of meeting and beginning their story. That's always going to be a more compelling narrative. And it's always hard for the second installment to kind of do better, but this was a good movie in its own right. It was funny. It had plenty of action it, it didn't feel like they were just rehashing a lot of stuff. You got, really got to see some of the characters grow. Mm-hmm. I thought Drax um, made that movie. 
I mean, he 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 almost stole the movie with how good he was, that he character was. was, was it really almost, got to develop. He was almost the emotional center of the movie, really. Yeah, yeah. And in the first movie, I thought he was kind of an underwhelming character. So he didn't have much to do because you know he's a strong guy, but that's already Groot, right? You know, he's a blue strong guy, but then uh, what's his face? Um, Oh, what's the baddie's name? Thanos? Tha- no, not Thanos. No, oh, the, like, the, yeah, the guy the just Kree below, guy. Yeah, the Kree yeah. guy, whose name is escaping us. We I probably should have right done now. some show prep, but that's not our that's style. That's all right. But that guy was uh, stronger than him anyway, even before getting the Infinity right. Stone. You know, like in a scene on Nowhere, he just sort of throws him in the blue and the yellow liquid, leaves him right. to die. It's kind of like the same thing you run into whenever you watch Flash, and it's like, he's the fastest man alive, except for... The 500 other characters they have on that show that are yeah. faster than him. So, no, they definitely did Drax a service in this yeah. one. That was nice. Yeah. Also, Rocket a little bit more, I think, and more development, yeah. too. So did uh, Yondu. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a good... And this is always something that superhero movies have trouble with, is like getting a real, honest-to-goodness theme yeah. out of a movie and not just having a bunch of things blow up. But this had a really good, strong, compelling theme about family. Yeah. And, you know, choosing family versus you know, who is family by blood, and I thought all that was very well done. Well, Vin Diesel contractually has to be in movies that were that are about fam- family. essentially family, yes. <laughs> there's there's no way around it. So he had to do that. Um, it's funny, they did they did show the Thor Ragnarok trailer beforehand, which I can't wait for that. That's, that's the, Obviously, it's not the summer season, but man, oh man, Marvel movies cool. are going to be so awesome. I'm Actually, so excited. what I am looking forward to, though, I'm thinking like a week or two, is Alien Covenant. I'm excited about that. That does look good. That um, looks cool. The sequel to Prometheus, which I didn't realize until like the very end, it was like, oh, wait, it's a prequel to Alien. Yeah. So I think, I'm not sure if, then after, if after Alien Covenant you get Alien. I don't know. Nice. Uh, they, there hasn't really has there been a lot of insight as to given as to like where this is on the timeline. And, well, it's it's after Prometheus. Well, obviously we have Michael Fassbender in uh, in both of these. But how how much before Alien kind of visit? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, what what I don't what I really am not going to bother with at all is uh, Baywatch on May twenty sixth. Oh God, that was that looks uh, awful. I mean, it, it, I feel like it does kind of look like it has some funny lines in it. Like, you know what? You then you will take the bullet and watch it for the I show. I might. I might actually because like look, I mean, I was never I was never a fan of Baywatch when it was originally aired, not particularly good show, but I feel like this movie Yeah, this no movie, one watched Baywatch for the show plot. That's true. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not a compelling narrative, not not good themes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like this movie it's it's tongue in cheek. It's making fun of Baywatch while still trying to honor it to some extent. And so I feel like I don't I didn't need, I don't need to be a fan of the original show to appreciate this movie. So I I might hmm. watch it on on demand. How about uh, May twenty sixth, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No uh, Tales? I'm like four movies behind on this. I can't believe we're still making these. Well, this is the fifth installment. <laughs> really, it's only the fifth. Yeah. Why do I feel like there's been like. 14 of these. Because you've probably been on the ride. That's probably, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again. You know, it has uh, uh, Javier Bardem. It also just has uh, another guy, another British young white guy that's not Orlando Bloom that's taking over his role. And and I saw in the trailer like, like a, a, a young British girl that's not Keira Knightley but almost wears her exact same outfit in the trailer. Oh, right, no, they have, like, budget Keira Knightley and budget Orlando Bloom. Yeah. And, but because they got to throw all the money into Johnny oh, Depp. Oh, actually, these movies don't happen without Johnny Depp. So now this is interesting. 
Wonder Woman. That's that comes out this summer. So mm-hmm. you know, who knows with you know Zack Snyder, DC, and Warner Brothers, how all these things have gone south. I'm I'm, I'm basically this is my this is their last chance to get me Wonder Woman. Last shot. So everyone, this when Wonder Woman comes out, don't do anything else. You just watch this movie. Don't do anything else. Okay. The movie comes out June second. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Are you not for female empowerment? I am for, in fact, I am for, and what better way to empower females than to empower female musicians by having those musicians get a copy of my audiobook, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, which comes out June 2nd, and you can listen to it in your car on the way to see Wonder Woman. So you think you're better than the island of the Amazons with like godlike women? God, dude, wow. Okay, strong, strong, I mean, strong. Uh, you, you throw a lasso of truth around me, I'm gonna say yes. Or if you don't want to see that June second, see Captain Underpants also on June second. Um, Boy, I'm 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 up against a lot of stuff that week. Yep, that's gonna have some trouble at the box office. The Mummy's in the next week, June 9th, the uh, Tom Cruise one that we've seen the, the four thousand times in theaters. I saw the trailer. I'm not excited. I don't know, this, but I I found that little piece of information that makes me think, because I heard reports about who Russell Crowe is in that movie. Who? Should I say it? I mean, is it like from the preview, or is it kind of like a secret? Like, can people I find this online? I, well, I, maybe, I think they can find it online. Here, if you don't want to know something about Tom Cruise's The Mummy right now, hit... The fifteen yeah, second okay, button. So, so you got. So you're gonna have fifteen seconds to do this. Okay. Yes. Or if you want to hit it twice, apparently he's Doctor Jekyll. Oh. Because you know they're wanting to do a whole monster verse thing. Oh right. Okay. You know the mummy. Right. And Doctor King Kong, Godzilla. And yeah. Is Godzilla part of it? No, no. That no. That's oh, that's that monster verse. That's King Kong and Godzilla. We're talking about like the Universal horror movie. Oh wait, there's gonna be two monster verses. Well, I mean, in terms of like the Universal movies, like Frankenstein, Dracula, Doctor Jekyll, like, right? Mummy. I think they're they're planning on doing all of that. Oh, for God's sake! Because like you told me there was gonna be a monster verse with King Kong, and I had only assumed that this would all be part of it. Like I didn't think we were gonna have competing monster verses. That's utterly ridiculous. Look, I don't I'm, think the Mummy could destroy Godzilla. You know. Maybe Cars Three, June sixteen. That looks cool. Well, wait, no, I want to say something about the Mummy. Don't don't just mow through this. I'm not a fan of this. The one I loved the original, well, not the original Mummy, but the the Mummy I grew up with with Brendan Fraser. I and en- Rachel Vice and Rachel Vice. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, I really liked that movie because it had a sense of humor. Like it wasn't just all action. Like it was funny. It it was warm. And like the trailer that I saw with Tom Cruise running and falling into holes for you know two hours that that seems like they took all the things that are least enjoyable about the mummy and made that into a f- full-length movie it looks devoid of humor and warmth and that sucks you know you got to be careful of that because now there is a scientology center in miami really yeah remember you didn't see it in the paper on coconut no. grove yeah if you go on us one and 22nd th- that building right there is now a huge scientology center oh gross yeah even the mayor was there on hand for the opening ceremony what? Now, just to prove that Ryan has a horrible luck with June and days that have the number two in them, uh, Transformers: The Last Night comes out June twenty third. Oh. So that's 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 a skip. Oh. Why do we do this? Why do we let people do this? Uh, let's see. There's the Big Sick, the story of uh, Kumail Nanjiani and his uh, his romance with his wife Emily Gordon, with, starring with Kumail. That's always good. 
Love him on uh, Silicon Valley, Despicable Me 3. Bleh. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, July 7th. That'll be good. I'm excited for that. I mean, yes. normally I would say, I mean, God, dear God, not another Spider-Man movie. No, this but, looks good. But right, because but, it's, but it's Marvel it's, Studios. Right, because it's not in Sony's hands I almost anymore. feel like, I mean, is that part of the reason they call it Homecoming? Oh, isn't that kind of it? I, I also feel well, it's like a yeah. play on words. Obviously, he's in high school, too, but I feel right. like, like, oh, no, it's back to us. Uh, War from the Planet of the Apes, July 14. That's going to be good. I would love for Fantastic Four to come back to Marvel, but anyway. Uh, let's just, we're done with Fantastic Four. <laughs> Dunkirk, July 21st. I am super excited for this Are one. you really? I uh, This looks really, really good. I'm not. It looks really depressing. Wow, so... Okay, so just so just so you get on tape. I mean, I, I know. Okay, hold on a second. I know it sounds like I'm. I know it sounds like I'm. Shut up! I'm wearing an You're... I Heart Taliban T-shirt when I say that, but you know. So the whole thing is, you were disappointed that the that the British troops uh, got off mainland Europe and that the Nazis didn't capture them and kill them all, paving the way for the invasion of Great Britain and the most certain victory of the Nazis in World War II. Probably wouldn't even wouldn't even been in World War at that point. This was 1940, and probably the Americans then wouldn't have really gotten in yet. There's been so you're you're just you're against you're 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 for that stuff. Boy, your CPAC stuff really just always bubbles to the surface. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the trailer for that movie is just a bunch of poor British people getting massacred for the entire trailer, and you no, don't they're see not. it is. It's like oh, like the whole movie is. Oh my God, we need to jump out of this ship because we're being shot at. Or, oh my God, we're getting shot at in the beach. Or, oh my God, I need to get underwater to get away from the fact that I'm being shot at. And that was the whole trailer. And at no point in the trailer did I see anything that was like, wow, it looks like we're about to succeed. Or here we're making some progress. Tom Hardy is an RAF uh, pilot in a Spitfire shooting down a, a, a Messerschmitt 109. What are you talking about? I didn't even see that. All I saw was a bunch of Brits getting shot. And it looked really depressing. Mark Rylance is uh, going to help out with his boat. Oh, I saw that. Okay, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, it makes me you know, smile these, to see Mark Rylance, this, actually. This new uh, garage band or whatever, it sounds so warm. It's so your horrifying views sound really warm coming through. Your 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 anti Winston Churchill uh, views. What part of me? That's not cold. That I I just said I all I said was I I hate seeing those poor British people getting shot at, which apparently you seem to be a fan of. Like you see a bunch of you know Brits like ducking as the Nazi plane flies overhead, and you're like, oh, I gotta see that movie. No, it's an uplifting story. You 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 just didn't want them rescued. But you watch Battle of the Bulge, being like, "All right, total encirclement." <laughs> There's a lot of like World War talk this week. Atomic Blonde, July twenty eighth. Oh, 28th. that looks so good. Oh, so you like seeing women punched in the face, Ryan? Well, she does a quite bit more of the punching, <laughs> but God, everything with these, you just give me with every damn movie. I know it's funny. No, but this looks awesome. <laughs> Captain Underpants. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, you would like to see it, child in underpants, you sick bastard. Whoa, dude. I'm just saying. Like, you're going to do that with every movie. Now, Atomic Blonde looks really cool. I mean, Charlize Theron, you can't lose with her. By the way, did you see Fate of the Furious? No. I did because that was awesome. You know, she's in it. She's the bad guy. You know what shirt she's wearing in it? What? I'm dead serious. A Metallica Young Metal Attack shirt. And I saw that, like, yeah! Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, she is. No, I know she is, but you're so full of crap because you're the kind of guy who always rails against... Like people wearing band shirts when you know damn well they don't listen to that band. And she's doing that. Her character in that movie, I feel like, listens to the bands. Like it was cool. It's not like a, it's not like a Jenner 
uh, representative or a, a Justin Bieber, you know? No. Okay. But like Charlize Theron, I f- it almost feel like he's in the Lady Gaga camp where it's like, yeah, I think they're a fan. So what do you Because Lady Gaga is a legitimate like fan of metal and Iron Maiden. She has gone to concerts as Lady Gaga, meaning like she's herself, like is before before she got big and goes and pays for tickets and just goes up into the front. I believe it. Yeah, no, but what, what what distinction are you making here with Charlize Theron? You're telling me you it's okay that, that she's wearing it the shirt because it's her character, but you're telling me if Charlize Theron walks down Rodea Drive in the Metallica shirt, you would then take issue with that? No, because I feel like she. I believe it with her. I feel you like it's legitimate. Come on. Yeah. What? I'm telling you this. I feel like I believe it with her. You think Academy Award winner Charlize Theron is a huge Metallica head? Like she's been to as many concerts as you. I didn't say that. I just say I believe it of her. If you you believe it of her? I don't know. She's South African. If, maybe she's like a Die Antwoord fan also. If, I, if you had to be right, like gun to your head, you have to be right. Over under the amount of Metallica albums Charlize Theron owns, and the over under is at one half, and you have to be right. How many albums over under? Well, over. Come on. Yeah, over. Really? Yeah, really. I don't know. Get her on the show. I, We're gonna I, get I just, her on the show. Just say, get her on the show. Get our guest booker to get her on the show. All right. One last, uh, one more thing. Like, unless you have a couple more movies you want to talk about. Well, the show's going down in flames. And speaking of which, Detroit, August fourth. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I am excited. Speaking well, you, of superheroes, you just walked over that joke. What? Never mind. Just go okay. ahead. Moving from the cinematic world to the Netflix world, but staying in the world of superheroes, because oh, I, I kind of want to draw you into this. What? This is going to be great. The only thing on Netflix that anyone should be watching right now is the Great British Baking <laughs> Show, which I've always heard of, but I've just started binging. Oh, dude. Mary Berry, Paul Hollywood, Mel and Sue. Those are the real defenders, Ryan. And it's a shame that uh, Paul's going it alone on the new version on uh, Channel 4 away from BBC. It's 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 not good, man. How dare you do that to Mary Berry, Ryan? I'm She's a, delightful. No, no, come on, stay with superheroes. But you can't do a nice Victoria's sponge, can you, you jackass? My I get strange looks from my wife cuz she'll see my Netflix queue and see Great British Bake Off in there, and I have to explain that it's not me, it's my co-host who's using my Netflix account. Could be your sister. And watches no because she has her own box. Well, then on the give Netflix. me a tab. You you think you think you're tab worthy? You I think, think you I'm get your worthy. own tab? Yes, I should get a tab. Just like Steve Agee and Brian Prosane, we should each have our own tab. That is such a completely dated, random reference, and we're not even going to explain it. And it only works for really you and I, unless it really unless you know for the third person who watched Sarah the Sarah Silverman, Silverman show program. back when we were in college, like in the early 2000s. Oh my god. Go ahead. You're you're talking about Marvel's defenders no, made wait, up yes. of the electrifying Jessica Jones, yes. the uh, mesmerizingly emotional Daredevil, yes, um, the uh, big Luke Cage, yes, and uh, the 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 Wonder Bread white toast white no not even toast because that would that would probably some like browning on the edges just the white 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 Iron Fist. Of what's his name? Uh, Danny Cannell. Danny Rand. Oh. Danny Cannell. Yeah, I'm not as excited about the fourth guy, but the Defenders, man. Like, I love this. I, I, I no, read all those comics. I love Luke Cage. I love Jessica Jones. I love Daredevil, a lawyer superhero. Come on, they're speaking to us, man. And Iron Fist, eh, you can come along for the ride. That's cool. 
But I loved all these Netflix shows, with the exception of Iron Fist, and the fact they're all coming together for an eight-episode uh, miniseries on Netflix, August 18th. How can you not be excited for this? Because I I watched parts of Jessica Jones, and I couldn't. It was so torturously slow. It's all besides torturously slow. It should. It's also tortiously slow. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That that was just awful. And you gave up on that show right when it was about to get good. No, screw you. Don't tell me. David like, Tennant was showing up, and then you, you give up on it right when David Tennant shows up, and the show gets amazing. You know what? Then I'll watch Doctor Who. I'll watch his turn as the Doctor. Okay. That was also good. Are you saying you only get to watch one good thing that a good actor's in? Like, oh, you want to go see Tom Hanks in Castaway? No, thank you. I already saw him in Forrest Gump. I only need to see one good Tom Hanks thing. Thank you. Well, no one's going to see him in The Circle, apparently. That looks anyway, bad. Ooh, um, that looks bad. Tom, no, make better no, no, choices. No. Daredevil got just so annoying. You know, it took takes them, was it, 10 episodes to not answer a question that they brought up in the first episode. Yeah. You know, that was great. That was that was really, really wonderful. You know, because that's, that's a great way of using the TV medium. Oh, we can stretch this out. We can yeah. have more story in there. Yeah. We're going to have more story by not actually adhering to a central story. No, that's bullshit. Uh, Luke Cage I haven't watched just because the first two were just so disappointing. Luke Cage is great. And uh, Iron Fist I hear is uh, no one likes. I mean, Luke Cage has a freaking Oscar winner in it now. Like Who? Mahershala Ali. Oh. Yeah. Is he like the main thing? He's the chief antagonist to Luke Cage. Nah, not enough. Oh, come What? What? Nah, not enough. I'm not interested in the Defenders. I'll watch the Avengers. Well, I mean, yes, but it's not like you have to pick one. Like you, well, you, you, can, you can watch, and it's only eight episodes. So even if it's bad, you don't even have to invest that much. But it's going to be great eight hours. because three out of four of those uh, characters are awesome, and the fourth one, well, look, if you bat seven fifty, that's a really good batting average. So, oh, you mean their character they created that is a rich orphan that learns martial arts. In terms of vigilante, Look, I'm not. I'm not gonna try to seek an apology for Iron Fist. I apparently it's terrible, but the rest of that is good. Hey, I mean, I'm equal, I'm equal opportunity. After watching a year of uh, Arrow on Netflix, I basically realized, oh, this is just a billionaire and his family with in their house that has, doesn't have a locked door, and it's just their problems. Eh, I'm done. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me? Are you telling me you gave up on Arrow after the first season? It, it started to get annoying. Why do you like, keep doing this? Like it's just a bunch of one percenters and their problems. Why do you? Why do you keep giving up on shows right when they're going to get awesome? Like you, you would have been the kind of person who would have given up on Star Trek: The Next Generation after the first year because you'd be like, what? You know, why is Tasha Yar Roundhouse kicking everything? I quit. And you would have missed out on one of the best TV shows that's ever been made. Let a show have a chance to breathe, man. Why do you render judgment so quickly? Arrow is fantastic, and you gave up on it after its worst season. Uh, Westworld is fantastic. They knocked it out of the park after one episode. Thank you very much. Curb Your Enthusiasm, fantastic out of the gate. A lot of these really, really good shows are staying powers. You know what? They don't, they don't take time to marinate. Oh, Sometimes dude. a show needs some time to breathe. Like, you would have never gotten into Star Trek The Next Generation had you taken on that philosophy. Here's a conversation that never happened. Hey, man, did you watch last night's episode of Gunsmoke? No, dude. It just, you know, it, it's been four years and I still can't do it. All right? It's like, no, what are you talking about? You can't bail after year four. Get to year 10, all right? 
It's like year 10. Yeah, right. We'll even be in Vietnam at that point. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like, but I mean, granted, it's a lot asking you to get to like season two or to season three for Arrow. But all Jessica Jones was asking you to do is just wait for David Tennant to show up in like the fifth or the sixth episode. And you couldn't even do that. You couldn't wait for David Tennant. David Tennant would wait for you, man. I'll watch Broadchurch then. You know what's not going to wait, Ryan? Metallica. I got to go. All right. Man, we're going to miss you. You're going to be gone for two weeks. Well, two weekends, yes. Two weekends? Yeah, man. Major road trip. What can I say? The road calls. No, I'm excited for you, pal. I know how much you love uh, going to see Metallica, and I know you love your road trips and your traveling, and I could not be more happy for you. But are you going to check in at least? Are you going to like send us some stuff that we can play on the air or something? I mean, I would like to, yeah. I mean, I, remember, I tried to do that once, and last time you didn't care. You didn't even play it. That's right. But I so. think your stuff's going to be better this time. You're son of a bitch. My audiobook comes out June 2nd. Our thanks to Emmy for joining us in the previous segment. My thanks to you as well, Dave. My thanks to you for foregoing your one-year wedding anniversary to do this nonsense, which, I mean, really was. I mean, this was really nonsense today. Massive waste of time. This one, I mean, even less so than the one last week that we didn't even air. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.